Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is January 5th, 2022. This is your AEW Dynamite post-show review, the first in TBS history. Well, I don't, maybe maybe they've done a show in TBS before, but either way, first Wednesday on TBS, uh, a new era, so to speak. This show brought mm-hmm. to you by manscaped.com. Slash Fightful. Use that code Fightful. Save 20% on all those fantastic products. Manscaped.com. Code Fightful. Please remember, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Tap that bell for notifications. It greatly helps us. But also, send in a super chat. If you're watching live on YouTube or a Humper Chat, go to HumperChats.com. We had an, uh, just a remarkable amount of content this week from an NXT New Year's Evil post show with the fellow below me, Alex Palowski and Kate, to me interviewing the new NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Uh, we interviewed J- or Gail Kim and Chelsea Green. This week, I have the undefeated Steve Macklin. Uh, they are promoting Hard to Kill, which is this Saturday. We're reviewing that as well. I'll be reviewing Battle of the Belts. Denise reviewed Wrestle Kingdom. And if you want to watch me in a very awkward position this afternoon, there were a bunch of NXT releases while I was on the air, and uh, FightfulSelect.com has a massive report on the behind-the-scenes news surrounding that. Uh, so subscribe there. Trying to get the plugs up front, but Manscaped.com. Use that code Fightful. Support us. Support us. Let them know you heard about them from us as well. Alex, how you doing? Uh, ups and downs, man. Uh, I think you're down- the closest thing to an NXT authority figure right now. <laughs> yep that's right um that, that would be it yes um uh ho- like i didn't i didn't love the news when it was everybody else but regal really hit hit home worse for me like that guy was the uh, honestly for my money the best on-screen authority figure in ww like in, like Maybe to me in WWE history, like I, I loved everything he did. He was so down the middle and objective and great at everything he did on that brand. He really was NXT black and gold. And so I was down because of that. And then 
the opening match of the night was like one of my favorites of all time. Uh, and the right guy won, I believe. And I was very excited about that. And then we get to the end of the night, one of my favorite performers ever, like had a horrible, brutal injury that I can't get out of my mind. So yeah, ups and downs today. Ups and oh, downs. Oh boy. Again, guys, FightfulSelect.com. Again, we report all of these news of, of layoffs and firings uh, publicly for free because feels a little bit weird to uh, put that behind a paywall. But as we get supplemental information, of course, that is on FightfulSelect.com. And we have exclusive news over at Fightful Select every single day. I want to thank you guys so much for subscribing and all that because we pretty much give Alex the green light to do shows over there whenever he wants as well because you guys like him so much. But we also have Robert DeFelice here. Robert, how you doing? I'm all right. You know, it's been a rough day, Sean. I'm not happy about losing William Regal, the best thing about the NXT brand. Dynamite. I don't think you're losing him for long, my friend. (laughs) He's 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 gonna be somewhere. That is my hope. That is uh man, that's like firing a like a Super Bowl winning coach and he's going somewhere. Like, why would you do it? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but guys, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. What a show this was. We've got Richie R saying, Can you all wish me luck? I've had a rough start to 2022, got COVID. I had to sell my Battle of the Belts tickets, and then I broke my wrist. Richie, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, I hope you're here hanging out with us this Saturday. I'm going to do a post show. Don't know which, which if either of these two fellows is joining me, uh, but you know what? I'll be here. And then uh, later that night, uh, Denise and Steven are going to be here for uh, an incredible hard to kill as well. So hopefully we can keep you company uh, and, and while, you, while you heal up, my friend. Definitely for sure. And we have some... A couple super chats that I wanted to address from uh, Dr. Six Fingers Esquire. I wanted to apologize to him for us missing those uh, about the TK and Swole thing. Uh, Now, you guys can hear me talk talk about this at length on the Backstage Report podcast. Uh, I'm definitely leaning out of making knee-jerk reactions on Twitter, which, uh, you know, is probably the smartest thing to do. But Grapsity broke this down better than about anybody can. And they were joined by Sean Dean. They were joined by Baron Black. And really broke this down as best as anybody could. But Dr. Six Fingers Esquire says, AEW is emblematic of larger societal issues. Back down from holding TK accountable in any meaningful way for his developing pattern of response to criticism about the women's division and overall diversity efforts. Because to do so would harm his employees more than him. This time potentially overlooking an amazing street fight between four women, which would have been should have been the main event. But Homelander was main eventing again. I don't disagree with him on that. I think that still AEW has that like that feeling of fans wanting it to succeed and willing it to succeed because they didn't like what they got for so long. And I think as a result, whenever even when when his own wrestlers are like, no, 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 that's not how I feel. Like it, it's to two extremes. Either it's not approached or it's approached like way too harshly. It's it's like there's almost no in between for for a lot of those situations. So they get a Doctor Six Fingers Esquire for that. Carlos Easy says, any chance that Tony Khan's dream signing is Gargano's debut in Cleveland? So Robert, you picked up this article last night. Why don't you explain uh, what what that's what that's about? So Tony Khan was asked by Josh Martinez of Z100, "Do you have any dream signings in North America?" And he said, "Yes." And they're coming, and it's going to be pretty soon. Now, this is vague. 
So this yeah. could be, I've signed Ric Flair and that's my dream because I'm a Flair mark. Yeah. This could I, be, it, I could He could have grown soul. up, he could have grown up the world's biggest Hardy Boys fan. Right. Like this could be, I signed Johnny Gargano and he was the heart and soul of the competition. So I win. I think at this point, the only major signing left that we know that's free is Bray Wyatt. That's a WrestleMania caliber Ain't guy. Him. Ain't and him. It's not happening. So I don't know who it is. I was it, I was just told tonight, ain't him. That's just all I was told there. Uh, but I like to imagine that uh, Tony Khan was like in his bedroom as a teenager with the the carpenter pants on and the Jeff Hardy armbands doing this. Uh, <laughs> Rerun says Dynamite has changed Wednesday from Hump Day to Hump Day. Doesn't remember the last time he was let down by Dynamite. Each title match was great in its own way. Oh boy. Uh, so this kicked off with the world title match and what a world title match it was, Alex. Now, last time I went reverse order. I, we talked about the title match last. We're going to be talking about this title match all throughout the damn show. That's just the way it's going to work out. Uh, so we appreciate to hear you guys. We're going to be talking about this in and out throughout all this, but uh, JK Schwal says TBS, the bloody show. And Oscar says the three judges were there to swerve us, right? Well, Alex, we worked ourselves into a shoot, assuming it was going to be anybody than what we could have seen at any given time, because they were Jerry Lynn, Mark Henry, and Paul White, who, you know, are fine, but we were sitting there like Ricky Steamboat, Kenny Omega, (laughs) Bret Hart. Well, you know, if anybody knows about going 60 minutes in a wrestling match, it's certainly Mark Henry and the big show. So God bless. Fightful's own Kate Hensler was convinced it was going to be Jonathan Gresham. And I was oh, like, I, no. I, I know. No. no, I don't think so. They, they they went down the hall to find their three judges. They didn't I, bring anybody in. I would have loved if Paul White uh, basically pulled out like a Joe, uh, like a Bob O'Neill tweet. Well, I don't know why you all went 60 minutes. I simply would have punched him in the first minute. <laughs> I think you both lose like one of those. I'm but built different. I'm built different. <laughs> uh, I There's one touch I loved and I don't even know if it was intentional, but I assume it was Brian Danielson doing the cradle pile driver while Jerry Lynn's out there mm-hmm. because I, I grew up a big Jerry Lynn fan. I really loved that. There was an incredible amount of story and callback to this match, including Brian Danielson collapsing underneath the the buckshot lariat, which we have seen before out of uh, Kenny Omega, I believe it was. And that was fantastic. Daniel Rothenberg says, I wish the Hangman and Danielson matches were reversed. The first one ends in a 30-minute time limit draw. The second is that epic one-hour match. It just felt like the second match would not top the first. You know, I, I would have not minded if they kind of did those in reverse, but... If you have him, like maybe the, okay, yeah, the first one's a draw. The second one goes to an hour and he pins him at the end of it mm-hmm. uh, with the use of the judges. Alex, I think that could have been a pretty interesting approach there. Uh, I, I loved what they did with this. This was, this, th- they wrestled for an hour, a full yeah. hour, and gave us so many little Easter eggs for us to find in the second match. And then uh, Paige started out the second match sprinting after Danielson. He's like, this is not going a full hour. As soon yeah. as I get my hands on you, I'm going to kill you. And that was that was the beginning. Like you could see, and, and Danielson knew that's what he was going to do. So he had the whole thing 
planned for it. I thought this was fantastic. There were so many wonderful callbacks, as you said, even to other matches that mm-hmm. Paige has had with other people. And another thing, um, uh, I, I, unless I'm very wrong, Danielson tried all of the different holds and moves that he has won matches with throughout his time in AEW and none of them worked. I love like it. it was it was absolutely put out to be like, "Hey, Page is for real and we are behind this guy and you should be too because he's our guy now." And I thought that's what you needed to do with at least in his early reign is to establish him as that guy and I thought this match did everything. Shot Kid 29 says, "I don't know what's more terrifying, deep threatening to handicap Sheeta or bloody Wangman doing jumping jacks." Buddy, there have been times that after 20 minutes of cardio, I looked exactly like Wangman Page, bloody, just looking like Beetlejuice. That moment where 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 Danielson is collapsed on the outside, and and the and the ref pushes him back to his old corner, and he stands there, kind of looks up at the camera, and starts doing sarcastic jumping jacks with his face a crimson mask, is my favorite moment, single moment in the history of AEW. I thought that was just perfectly encapsulated how great a storytelling they can do with one tiny move. Robert, they both got color as well to the point to where the announcers were like, whose blood is that? And I, I like them trying to decipher that because in MMA, that is a common thing. When somebody gets busted up, you're like, who busted up who? Where did it come from? Was it a headbutt? Was it the elbow? What was it? I love that implementation into a world title match. And that's how you differentiate this match from a 60-minute wrestling classic. This was a fight where they bloodied each other up, and it didn't need to go long because if you're losing blood like that, you're going to pass out. Danielson said, hey, look, I can't stop his heart, but I can stop his lungs. And it was clear that they were both going for the knockout blow. I think this was a better match than the first because they told a story that built on the first. And this was this was great. Hangman is for real, and he's made. He's had three matches now, and he's made. Tyler says, Sean, last week I said Cena would be a judge, and I was right. You just couldn't see him. Very clever. Brent Lockman says, Hangman and Danielson have such insane violent chemistry. It feels like they could do that forever. They do have really good chemistry. And I can tell you there were some people within AEW that were questioning, could Hangman Page go an hour? How would this match be? He can compete on the main event level. Now, I mean, granted, it's very easy for me to say he can compete on the main event level when his main event level opponents have been Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. But let's be real. If if he was out of his depth, he would have exposed himself by now. And mm-hmm. I think he is he is has been a wonderful world champion and he's still massively over. Uh, Balier Lasagna says, Hangman and Brian was one of the best matches I've ever seen, let alone on TV. Danielson put an all-time performance the day WWE said, we don't need Regal's mind. Mm. I think we're going to see Regal's mind implemented uh, sooner than later somewhere. And Rothenberg says, I wish the... uh, Actually, uh, we we had read that one. Suplexer says, what a match Brian Brian and Paige had. Got my non-wrestling fan uh, friend to tune in, and he was awestruck by the intensity of the fight. He texts me midway saying, wow, they're really kicking the shit out of each other here. That's pro wrestling at its best. But there wasn't anything, Alex, that made me go, oh, no, that was dangerous. That was scary. Like, no. when I was little, like with my action figures, I would do like a moonsault power slam off yeah. the second rope. I didn't think it was humanly possible, much less in a world title match, especially considering at the time 
I was watching like Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan in world title <laughs> matches. You know what I mean? Definitely didn't yeah. think that was plausible. So to see this is is pretty insane. Yeah, um, I, I, I was just over the moon for this whole thing. I thought the in-ring storytelling of just of this match was was bar none fantastic. And also the fact that it had all these callbacks from their first match and from other matches that they've had with other people in the past too. It was just, just masterful. They've got, they, they were able to tell all this story with, um, with, with Paige and Danielson just since full gear. Like it's, 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 it's felt like a full year storyline in two months. It's just really, really brilliant. Daniel Rothenberg says, I love blood faced hangman doing jumping jacks. Love the jumping jack spot in general. But that was great. I want Danielson to say that he's better and people actually know it and start a feud with MJF down the line. Oh, that's that's a natural. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Absolutely. And uh, Mark Losper says the start of this year has been an absolute treat for wrestling fans. Both Wrestle Kingdom main events, semi main of night one and Danielson page two. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think the the main event of day one within the the context of action was very good, too. And I'm expecting some really great wrestling on Saturday. Ryan Ben says, thanks, guys. I've compared Paige Danielson to Tajiri Super Crazy's first match in ECW. Uh, That's a really good comparison. I mean, this this one went a lot longer, but uh, he says the second match is a lot more gritty and personal. That's that it, it added to the story. And that's. What I like about the way when AEW has traditionally done rematches, Robert, it's not just, well, we're running it back for the sake of running it back. They add something personal with it. I mean, we'll go ahead and talk about Sheeta and Deeb right now because we don't hear a lot of mic time out of out of Deeb. Mm-hmm. But we saw that there too. They're adding to the story and like they hate each other. That's why this this third fight's happening. Yeah, I think AEW is very good at rematches. And even though, you know, Dave and Cheetah have run it back a lot, it's only upped the intensity. And, you know, like Alex said, they did two matches with Hangman and Danielson, and it's felt like they've been blood rivals for years. You know, and I think we saw this on Friday with the street fight. That's the way you end a feud. You can say what you want about that feud going on for way too long, but they ended it the way it needed to be. It feels personal. It feels visceral. And I think that's what you need in wrestling. Guys, I see you in the chat. If I get an update on Ray Phoenix, I will give it to you guys. I'm still waiting to find out. But um, yeah, we, we don't uh, we don't necessarily have an update as of yet. Uh, Alicia Ellis says, uh, any idea where Marco is? Has his contract expired? Uh, his contract has not expired. That much I know. Uh, Jam Beard says, maybe the dream signing is Keith Lee. It's possible. I mean, but it's so he said on Rathlin today that he's got a lot of cool things in the works. Some he always says that. He always just says that. popped up out of the blue. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think a lot of WWE releases just popped up out of the blue for him, and he's gonna get lucky. But that dream signing, I'm thinking it's gonna be one that maybe a lot of people aren't happy with. I'm really thinking Flair. When I hear that, I think Flair. Uh, yeah. It would be a bad look, especially yep. following that, that yep. New Year's Eve tweet. Yeah. Eloquent says there are like four concurrent women's storylines going. Kudos. Yeah, and it's about time. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Evelyn, or Evangelina Gray saying, who do we think is the next challenger to Hangman? Alex, who are you thinking? 
I, I, I hope it's somebody uh, um, that we can have a, a, a fun little program with, and then, and then he can, he can be, defeat them, and and move on to something else. I don't, I don't know who it is. I mean, I, I, I want Miro to get a title shot, but I don't want him to lose, and I need Pan, Hangman to get his next, next victory. Not something like this Danielson thing. Not something like where he's going to have this long program and ultimately lose. Something in the middle, where it's just like the champ defending his belt and moving on. I don't know who that is. I don't think that's that that MJF qualifies for that. So maybe that's further down the line. I'm not really sure who this guy is. Maybe it's Moxley. If Moxley winds up coming back, maybe they can get that done. I think it's maybe Wardlow. Interesting. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you why in a moment. But we've got Nathan saying eh, the no-brainer. Hangman versus undefeated in 2022. Captain Sean Dean. He is 1-0. He's got that Grapsity rub. He was on Grapsity this past week. So Sean Dean is out to wrestle MJF. And CM Punk comes running out to the ring like a bat out of hell. MJF hits the bricks. And Punk looks at Sean Dean, hits a GTS. That's a DQ. We never have DQs in AEW. Uh, this one I thought was was good. But I saw a lot of people, including Brett Lockman, saying, I feel like Punk could have just slapped him yep. instead of doing the GPS. Yep. Hopefully that turns no, into something. No, you give the people what they paid for. They paid for a GPS. That, that's fair. I, I'm 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 totally cool with it because I, I feel like it's AEW. So I feel like they're not going to leave that plot hole. I think Sean Dean's going to be like, hey, what the hell? And challenge Punk to a match. Yes. And during that match, which won't be that quick, but like three minutes into the match, MJF's going to run down and slap Sean Dean and be like, ha, ha, ha. And then we'll get an actual match between Sean Dean and MJF out of it. And then and whatever happens out of that, that'll be the end of it. But I so, feel like that's probably a storyline they can work with. So at the end of this promo, which we're about to talk about, Punk versus Wardlow was announced. I wouldn't doubt that MJF gets CM Punk DQ'd in that match. So mm -hmm. what that does is it eliminates MJF and CM Punk <laughs> from the title picture in the interim. Uh -huh. But Wardlow is ranked number three right now. <laughs> so Wardlow's ranked number three. Uh, Brian Danielson's ranked number one. So Wardlow's probably going to move up. <laughs> that I is, think there's... That is so good. Because... Because, of course, it requires MJF to get in the ring and slap Wardlow and Wardlow's reaction to that. Exactly. So great. <laughs> like, come Please on. The, let that happen. The Tetris pieces are all coming together, oh. and you see those five lines about to hit. Yeah. Boom. It's going to happen. So we're going to, of course, as I mentioned, guys, we're going back to Daniels and Hangman all throughout this show. Uh, Pitmaster Norm says, Happy New Year, Fightful. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Norm. Happy birthday. He says, It was Monday, but I celebrate all month long. <laughs> nice to see a champ book strong and not get new dayed. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with that. But the promo between MJF and CM Punk. Oh, I love it. Now you're going to have your negative Nancys that are like, oh, they, they got to keep mentioning the competition. I don't give a shit. No. Do it. This put over the competition in some ways. Because it put over the WrestleMania main event, but then it completely buried it after that. <laughs> like, Punk seems to be getting annoyed yeah. with MJF calling himself like Piper. And MJF goes, do you think you're like Piper? Because last I checked, he was talented enough to main event a WrestleMania. And by the way, if I don't start getting my appreciation, maybe I'll go over there and do that too. And then CM Punk says, 
If you think the grass is greener and you want to go main event night four of a buy one, get one special and get released quicker than you last in the sack, be my guest. Robert, this is why we wanted Punk and MJF to feud with one another. This is so good. It plays off of so much. CM Punk's admitted biggest gripe with his whole WWE run is that he never headlined WrestleMania. Now, he has since admitted that was a trope. I fell for the game. But he's still being bothered by, you never headlined WrestleMania, but I bet I can. And Punk, who knows the whole industry has changed, just said, go ahead it's a buy one, get one free special now. Sure, go ahead and do that. You're still going to get released. This is this is great. This is two guys who don't give a shit. And this is CM Punk who's like, you can't bother me with that. I'm healthy now. But I know it'll bother you to know that you're going to get released because you're still in that phase where your ego is everything. And I've conquered mine. Or at least he wants us to think that much. Uh, we've got Mike Lima saying that MJF has the dishonor of eating the first DQ loss in AEW because double DQs are ties and loses and will like slide down the rankings as well. I, 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 the, just the phrasing of, if you want to go over there and main event night four of a buy one, get one free extravaganza, <laughs> which is extravaganza. I guarantee you they're going to use that in the next year because they're calling it the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Like, they're definitely going to throw an extravaganza in there when they promote WrestleMania 50 or whatever. It's this is It was perfectly worded, um, and, I, and I, I appreciate MJF doing the needling thing, like, maybe I'll go over WWE, which is the heelest thing in the world to say yeah. in, in an AEW crowd. So I, I thought this was all really well done. Uh, Michael Keyes doesn't agree. He says, not Punk and MJF's strongest stuff. Sorry if you've already spoken about it. I just got here. Well, I mean, I, it doesn't have to be their strongest stuff to still be good, and I really, really I thought those two it. lines, like, you can't mess up main event of WrestleMania and be my guest. Have fun doing it, pal. Yeah. I thought those were really strong. The rest of it, I can take or leave. But well, uh, <laughs> we have uh, a super chat that just popped me once I... Once I track it back down, but I, I just really dug this promo. I thought it worked really well. Green Bastard says, finally, a story SRS didn't break. Mania is going to be a four-night BOGO extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, someone at marketing over there is watching this, and they're saying, we probably could. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, buddy, it's going to draw better than Wrestle Kingdom. That was sad to see, like, the, the attendance and just... The overall mood of Wrestle Kingdom dropped this week. It was it was a bummer, but uh, we have Mark Losper saying, I get what they're trying to do with Punk and MJF. It was an excellent angle, and it was nice to see the captain on, on TV, but could they have not had Punk GTS somebody else? Like, I, I mean, I get it, especially if you're referencing like attitudes and moods over the last week, but I really think this, this highlights Sean Dean more than anything because he's going to get a match with CM Punk, Alex. Yeah, that's true, and I... I kind of like it because I love the idea that Punk is really just a heel in in babyface clothing. Like he's he's always going to do something like well, that was uncalled for. The first what I actually said out loud with nobody else in the room when he GTS Sean Dean. I said, "Well, that was uncalled for. Like there was no reason to do that." Um, but but that's that's Punk. He's always going to find that little level where he can bump up against that line of where a heel and a babyface cross. 
And I think that's great because eventually he's going to dip over into that heel section and we're going to love every bit of it. Uh, somebody's saying, Wrestle Kingdom was fantastic. What are you talking about? I didn't talk about the quality of the matches. I talked about nobody being there for the last couple of years. There was no buzz ahead of it. Like, I mean, it just, it was not the same as it's been prior to 2020, yeah. um, the last six or seven years. But uh, yeah, guys, I think you can kind of understand uh, what, I, what I mean there. It was just, it was different this year, which wasn't the same. But uh, we've got, Cadillac Carson saying, of course, MJF is on Twitter saying the match doesn't count at all, and he's still undefeated. I love this segment. I'm going to have to go on Twitter and say that I didn't think that Wrestle Kingdom sucked because I know that by the time the show's over, people are <laughs> too late now. <laughs> yeah. Um, as as people, yeah, people are pointing out the, the attendance there. But we got a bunch of super chats about uh, Danielson and Hangman. Wrestle Voice says, if Danielson's starting off this year with the same pace he ended last year, is he going to run away with Wrestler of the Year? Yeah, absolutely. Went, I don't... He was he in the running last, last year, year and he missed like three months, yeah. Robert. Yeah, he ran away with it last year and he's one of the only people to ever do it across both promotions and I think this year, which could be his final like full year, you never know when Danielson will just be done. So enjoy it now. And I think he's going to make sure that we do. But I also want to just say really quickly, thank God Aubrey Edwards was the ref for that Sean Dean situation. Because if it was Rick Knox, yeah. you know, MJF would have had the chance to get back in the ring and cover him. Gosh, with all the authority of Police Chief Wiggum, that guy. Uh, <laughs> Brian Medina says, how about Darby versus Hangman? I think Darby and Sting are going for the tag titles before, before too long. J-Blood says that Hangman has it, that intangible that connects the talent to the audience, the Von Erichs. Dusty, that's being over, and there's being beloved. Well, I mentioned Sting and Darby. Well, the acclaimed cut a promo, and I love the line from Max Caster. He said, we're going to show you how things are done in our generation. We're going to settle our problems the way that we do. We're going to make a viral video. Our music video comes out next week. Easy. They don't want to fight Sting. They don't want to fight Darby. They want to do a music video, Alex. Yeah, it's perfect. That's 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 them. That's that's a, this is a great way of get, of getting their shtick over. Like it's because it feels like everything is kind of this uh, all of a piece. It moves forward, building the character while building the story. I thought it's great. Nightmare Before Christmas references. I like the emo and Halloween references to to Darby Robert. That's easy stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's like. It's right there, and you got to go for it. But Sting, Sting knows a thing or two about viral videos. I mean, we've all seen the opening to Starcade '97. That's like <laughs> these are viral videos before you know the acclaimed even got around. And Darby, I'm sure, is dying to have the acclaimed, or at least pictures of the acclaimed, in some kind of jackass stunt where he will now jump out of a helicopter, or whatever he'll do the next time he's facing them. Brian Medina asks if we think that we'll see Kenta versus Punk this year at Double or Nothing or All Out. Yeah, I think that makes an awful lot of sense to do one of those at that point. And it's it's an easy thing that you can set up and just announce it. And yep. there, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if that forbidden door is still open, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that everyone, as soon as you show up, the, show us the match card with no other context, the everyone will go, oh my God, this is happening. Why not give it to us? That's their that's their way to do things over there. That feels like a Grand Slam or like a TV special one, Kenta and sure. Punk. Sure. Do we see Moxley returning soon and being Wangman's next feud? Yeah, I, I, 
to me personally, I think Moxley's going to be at Hammerstein. I think he's going to be there for mm-hmm. GCW show. So I think he'll be around soon. I don't know about being Wangman's next feud, but uh, it's possible. Nate says, Hook is going to stretch you. Let's talk about this. QT Marshall was doing a promo to which I went, why? And then it's like, oh, he's setting up Aaron Solo for a, a, a Hook dismemberment. Well, not only that, Aaron Solo says, and I quote, stretch me if you can, which I will just leave completely out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, whatever. They're, they're promoting a Hook match. I got no problem with this. <laughs> I feel bad. Solo came across like a big dork. Like, survive if I let you. Okay? See you on Friday. <laughs> like, what, what's happening here? It felt really bad for him. Yeah. We'll talk more about that match in that review. Brent Lockman says, could it be Chris Hero given TK's worship of that time in ROH? No. They could have signed him. I guess. I'll say this. I do think we see Chris Hero in AEW this year. And I think it'll be against Punk. Sure. Eventually. I just don't think that's the dream signing. Uh, Oscar says, hope Ember, Gargano, and Regal are AEW bound. Uh, I think Ember is. I don't know about Gargano and uh, Regal, possibly. Uh, I I don't think that these firings did them any favors in possibly getting Johnny Gargano back. I'll say that much. Anakin says, got work called off due to the weather 20 seconds before I got to the building. The bright side is I get to watch you guys instead of just listening. Can we hear Regal screaming blood and guts, Alex? (laughs) Blood and guts. I love that it. That didn't quite. That's work. what I said. No. Look, I don't even care. They don't have to hire him. But if you're gonna do a blood and guts match, just bring him on TV. You know what? Just that to actually say, it. is better. The match beyond. That's actually a better way of using. Yeah, it, it sounds better like that. Yeah. Rob Reed says, I would not mind for Sheeta and Deeb to be the Peter Griffin chicken feud of the AEW's women's division. I would love. For, okay, so that's that's a, a feud I've talked about since Alex and I first mm. did shows together in 2016. And they kind of had it with Braun and Roman for a while. Yeah. But then when you eventually have those two guys team, it's dead. Like, I mean, never. I mean, like, you book these two on completely different shows from this point forward because Tony Khan and Storyline does not trust them to not fight each other at any point. They can't be in the same building. They've got to schedule one to do a remote interview, all that stuff. Like, there's... It seems simple. It's got to be really intricate to where you truly believe these two people cannot exist, but they are so indispensable to this company that um, that you you got to keep them there. Guys, I also see about the Jake Atlas thing. There's rumors that he may have gotten hurt. You don't have to send a, a bunch of chats about it. I'm going to try to find out. If, if your question is, any update on this injury, I am trying to find out. I promise you. We will. Uh, so please don't don't spam our chats with that. We are trying to find out. Jambeard says, who, team, who who tags with Andrade during his upcoming feud with Darby and Sting? Robert, any thoughts? Well, look, there's still a lot of those LIJ guys. You know, yeah. that's always an option. I don't know how many people they're really looking to bring in. They've established a relationship with Malachi if you need it. I'm sure Malachi and Sting, they could have some fun back and forth there's plenty of options uh ray phoenix is headed to the hospital by the way um so we've got the update on that riley walker thank you for the very generous super chat says do you think if AEW was to bring regal in would he be an on-screen commissioner like he only comes out and makes big groundbreaking announcements once or twice a month so i i'll take this if you don't mind i think regal is the perfect 
on-screen commissioner because he's proven in NXT you don't have to show inherent bias. You just need to be there to go, all right, I see this is beyond the point of reconcile, fight. You know, and that's all you need. If you need him for, you know, once a month or twice a month, he's the perfect guy. If they ever wanted to do it, he's the guy to do it with. And it would it would give Tony Khan the opportunity to not be on screen to do this kind of stuff because there's there's he's he's a he's a babyface character that is heel to a lot of the fans right now. And I feel like he he avoids that weirdness by sending out somebody in his stead, a somebody who is beloved by literally every wrestling fan who's ever laid eyes on him. So that that would be a, an interesting way of being able to get around that is like having him basically be the conduit for Tony Khan's information to us coming through Real and Regal instead. Oh man, guys, we got so many super chats. Thank you guys so much. Send them in super chats, humper chats. Alicia says, any idea if they change the name of 205 Live? Wonder if they go back to superstars. They should just rename the damn show superstars. Yeah, NXT uh, this, superstars would be fine. This is uh, on my list of things to find out, by the way. Cadillac Carson says, good luck, Aaron Solo. You're going to need it, buddy. <laughs> Mark Losper says, Aaron Solo, stretch me if you can. SRS. For help with that, head to bluechew.com and use the code Fightful. I got it, guys. I got to get in those Manscaped impressions. Y'all haven't been buying it. So I got to get in manscaped.com, code Fightful. Go hit them up, tweet them, let them know. Hey, listen, I haven't, I haven't bought it yet, but they told us about you. I have disgusting pubes until, until Manscaped, but, but Fightful fixed that. So uh, head over there, check that out as well. But uh, we also have more Super Chats about Deeb and Cheetah. Uh, R26 says, I definitely see a Deeb win and a beatdown to write Cheetah off so she can do her stage show in Japan in February. Hopefully, once she comes back, their fifth match can be a gimmick match, tiebreaker, blow-off, then move uh, both of them on to something new. Well, this is what I mean, Alex. Like, If she's going to take time off, this is perfect because... Like she she's taking time off or they sent her home or something like that as an excuse because otherwise they wouldn't be able to get their work done otherwise. I and this is what I say that when we talk about how you know uh I, I am a big proponent of the idea of a rolling off season for different people taking time off at different times to heal up, do other things, whatever. And it feels like somehow AEW has an unofficial informal rolling off season people are able to take time off and do whatever they want to when they need to or whatever and they find ways creatively to write that person off tv for a bit um and i think that's what a great way if she is going to take time off in february what a fantastic way to actually put over um deeb while doing so i think it's it's excellent Hack Czar says, an idea I wouldn't mind seeing is having Penta go after Paige for the title, especially as a short feud going for a few weeks to have a great match. And uh, always be scamming, says, uh, going back to what Alex said, a quick program could be Wangman's next feud, depending on Ray's condition. Yeah. Yes, but he's got to pick up wins. Yeah. Got to pick yeah. up wins or That's like the a- problem with this is that, you know, then you got to go up the rankings somehow. Battle Royal. Battle Royal can do it. Yeah. Quick tournament sure. can do it. There's a lot of ways you can get around Well, let's that. talk about number four and number five on the rankings because they have one victory in the year so far. That's Scorpio and Hobbs, and they're there prime for a quick feud, and they can yes. make Hangman look really good. Skies specifically could really do it, but Hobbs would be a great big man title match. Here's a great thing they could do because not each 
of those guys, Hobbs and Sky, have politickers who talk for them. And you can get um you can get uh, um Lambert and Taz to each find a way to talk their guy into a triple threat match with Hangman. And now he doesn't have the champion's advantage. And that would be a sick match. Hangman yes. versus Sopio Sky versus Will Hobbs would be great. And all you would need is those two guys to talk their 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 clients into that match. And Hangman say, you know what? I beat Brian Danielson. Bring it on. Like there's an awesome way to bring in that match. It was announced tonight that Adam Cole would be facing Jake Atlas. I love it. He said he's going to give him a one-way ticket back to Orlando. Uh, there, there are There is word that Jake Atlas may have suffered a knee injury at the show. We're working to find out more. And then Kyle O'Reilly saying, cut, Landon, and a reference to Brandon Cutler. I just I love that, that there, it takes too long. And Kyle O'Reilly, who's really hasn't been there very long, so he doesn't know all the people, says, cut, Landon. Just the way yeah. he said it was just so Kyle O'Reilly. I loved it. Uh, Sawyer says, I want to put over a new sign I saw. TBS, Turner Broadcasting Sendhook. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Lord Jackson says, going back to the con tweet, has there been any updates relating to a possible apology to Swole public statement? Uh, actual change indicating progress or is Tony staying silent and hoping it goes away? I can't speak for Tony Khan. So, I mean, unless he says something, there's no update on like a possible apology. And I get that, that a lot of people want one. Like we can't force one. Can't make the guy do one. I mean, he's going to get asked about it. He's going to get talked to about it, all that. But I mean, you can't force somebody to do that. Um, I mean, we don't know if any of the media that came out this week was filmed beforehand but we do know that if he doesn't say anything by double or nothing i'm sure i'm, I'm under the impression that it was this week it's it, surely it was filmed this week because like we're talking like three interviews dropping over the course of a couple days like i'm i'm of the belief it was probably this week but uh, i could be wrong uh cm says apparently jake atlas got injured during rampage yes we we did see that we also saw Wardlow crush a jobber, and this was after Sean Spears hit his C4. And then Wardlow said, to hell with it. I'm going to crush him anyway. Simple, effective, moving on. I, I want to see him crush a name next, though, Robert. Yeah, he needs to. I mean, I know he's already done it to Matt Seidel, so we there's somebody else on the roster. Serpenta goes around. Like, let's just have him do that, and then maybe once you get to the level of even a Danielson or some of the other people really like, like a Guevara or a Fuego del Sol. He was, he was a hot baby face for a minute. You know, some of the people really like, I think Wardlow is the next big breakout baby face. Alex, any thoughts on this? I mean, I, I, I also believe that Wardlow's the next big breakout baby face. He's, he's fantastic. I, I, um, I just love, Everything that he does, those the, the the power bomb stuff and everything that there's an angle there waiting to happen that is just um, going to be electric. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know when they exactly do the full breakup. It it may, they maybe wanted to do it longer, but he's from Cleveland, uh, yeah. so that that beach break, which of course Cleveland famous for all of their beaches. And wonderful weather in the middle of January. Buddy, buddy I tweeted that the coldest weather I've ever felt was yeah. when, after Awesome Kong cut my hair. And I was walking back to the hotel from the venue they're probably running. 
and I caught that breeze off the Great Lakes. Oh, buddy, in January, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, when Tony Khan announced that on, on Brandon Walker's wrestling, and he's like, hey, show me where you think it'd be. And Brandon's like in Florida. He's like, how about all the beaches in Cleveland? I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Anakin says, give me Regal taking the brass knuckles from Ford. Mm. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that as well. Rob Reed says, uh, Danielson collapsing before Hangman could hit the buckshot lariat. Calling back to Omega Okada was a thing of beauty. That was one of my favorite spots of the match. I really loved it. Uh, Sammy Guevara said, or did a stand-up for Cody video package. Uh, this is one of those situations where I'm like, rematch. Really? Okay, why, why do we need that? Now, I get that the TNT title is a bit of an open challenge format. I think Sammy's probably just going to win it back, though, Alex. Really? I think he's going to win it back, yeah. Uh, I I'd, bet, th- I'd bet the farm on it. Oh, okay, well, there, there you go. You probably have more information than I do. Um, I've also it, got a huge farm. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I guess it seems like kind of a waste. Seems like kind of a waste, honestly, to like yeah. to like take a take it off him to do the thing with Cody to like not do anything with with Cody having it, and then put it right back on Sammy. Seems like a giant waste. So, I mean, I I, I will say this: I I hope you lose the farm because I hope you are wrong about this because I, I don't want to see that. How dare you? I'm going to echo those sentiments just because it's your first live special. I feel like something big had to happen here, and it doesn't seem like we're getting it. Rio's not going to beat Britt Baker, mm-hmm. and even if Sammy does beat Cody, it's sort of just like, like well, he's just champion, so it doesn't matter. Why, why not think- have the Cody match where he beats Sammy at the first Dynamite, at the first special? Like, instead of doing it on Christmas, do it here. If you're going to have a big title change, if you really wanted to have that, do that here. I don't know. Chris Jericho came out, and uh, as R26 says, his new tube of hair coloring are becoming channel changing to me. <laughs> I So, 2.0 come out as well. And, okay, to me, if he's going to say pinhead blockhead, it's got to be a go for 2.0 to bring up his hair coloring. Yeah, because I'm I'm not entertained by pinhead blockhead. I don't, I'm not entertained by that. And I mean, okay, did I get a giggle out of the hair coloring? Sure, I did. I wasn't as hysterical yeah. as some other people were about it. But uh, Andrew thinks that Hangman's getting over, so his next challenger will be Jericho. I don't think so. His last singles match was September, yeah. so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, he does. And- Hangman needs the Jericho win to sure. rectify yeah. all the way back to all out, but. It won't be next. And uh, Rerun says, I hope Jericho and Kingston feud over whether Matt Lee is a square head or a block head. That would be kind of funny to me and stupid. But uh, it was so organic when Eddie Kingston says, you block head and his friend. Like it was just, it just was something he said. And then Jericho trying every time he's out there to get over. Doesn't that guy have a, a head shaped like a square? Chant along with me, folks. And it just feels like he's trying to match, make fetch happen in all kinds of ways. And it's just not going to happen. And I mean, the, the the thing is, about three out of ten times, Chris Jericho makes fetch happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the reality of the situation. That's true. Uh, but seven, like seven times anymore, it's not. A 300 batting average can, can get you in a lot of all-star games, though. Uh, we've got... So this leads to... 
him getting jumped and then the former and, LAX and and they Eddie they Kingston immediately come, come down to, to help him out. They didn't wait until their music hit to do it like Jericho did. Yeah, I or like, like Beth Phoenix. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Jay Blood says, unless they're significantly advancing Cody's arc, I'm not terribly interested in a title change or the rematch. I understand that. Uh, I'm I'm with you in that same boat. Zach Barber says, what if about Sammy wins, then Cody shakes his hand and pedigrees him? I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd mm-hmm. be really, really great. Mark Losper says, I don't hate Jericho as much as most people, but this segment was hot trash. It was not good at all. I, it wasn't for me. Oh, uh, okay. As Antonio Marrero says, the Terrence and Phillip line was pretty good. I, I dig that. That's sure. easy. Way better than Squarehead Blockhead, Squarehead Blockhead. And the thing with Jericho now is, He's really harping on things to the point where I'm like, you fit more on the Monday night show that lasts three hours, man. Maybe you ought to fix that. Because that's what that's what they do is with baby faces on Raw. They're like, yeah. oh, you got over. Now it's time for you to be a stand-up comedian. That's that's yeah. the role. Remember, oh, I remember when they did that to Seamus. Oh, my God. They had him telling every terrible joke, which is funny because a couple of their heels on SmackDown their whole gimmick is telling bad jokes. Yep. And it's not over. So Matthew says NXT 2.0 is fine. Oh boy. Well, let me tell you, these cuts don't affect NXT 2.0 a bit. I mean, uh, they, they, uh, they do because they yes. have brilliant technical wrestlers backstage as coaches, sure. but there's no position for them as in wrestlers. a developmental brand. Like, Wild. Like Wild. Timothy Thatcher could train anybody to do anything, but you don't need him around with a bunch of green people who've never wrestled before. Sure, that's yeah. right. That's smart. MMA Hunky says, when Dynamite starts with its biggest match, sometimes it's hard for me to get into the rest of the show. Hard to come down from the high of Paige and Danielson and then listen to Jericho call someone a pinhead afterwards. I get it, but hear me out. When they set the standard that this could be an hour, mm-hmm. Well, when else are you gonna put it? You can't you can't go up at 9 30. No, you can't do that. So they they booked themselves into that situation. Matthew S says, I found Brian losing clean to a single buckshot after the buildup around the arm, massively deflating. Brian not being the champion despite anyone with eyes seeing he's in his own god tier. Oh, buddy, uh, no, the the buckshot Larry is a match ender. That is mm-hmm. that is that's established. That that finished Brian last time. If if the match had been ten seconds longer, absolutely it, it would have it would have finished him with one time that time too. Shirts freely says who in AEW would you have William Regal manage? I wouldn't. I think uh, I think if not a GM because I could understand why they wouldn't want him to do the sure. GM thing. It'd be a carbon copy. Sure. He's done that for years. I think like having him as a consultant would mm-hmm. be very good. Like I mean, like an on screen consultant. Yeah, like people go to him like to uh, for for advice and things like that um daniel rothenberg says do you think AEW should or will have more one-offs meaning a guy comes in for one or two matches like jeff cobb he said he would love a thasher to come in and fight some people but not be full time yes i think you will have that i think especially as more people get vaccinated you're going to see more of that as well yeah sawyer says no dan lambert five out of five show seven stars in the tokyo dome (laughs) Chuck Cassis says Cody needs to win the title or win the win with the AA, raise Sammy's hand, and <laughs> like the baby face he says yeah. he wants to be like. Very yeah. clever. 
Richie R says at this point, I think Dan Lambert is more likable than Jericho. Alex, what do you think? That's a tough one. Uh, that's <laughs> uh, on a likability scale. I think one's a one and one's a two, and I'm not sure which one's it. Woo. Riga says, I know you've discussed it a little bit for Battle of the Belts. I thought the purpose of the rematch was a, was determined that Sammy won't quit and Cody is forced to resort to finally popping the pedigree to win, which is a big moment itself. That uh, You know what? I like that. I like the idea after yeah. all the teases of Cody using probably a less devastating move, mm-hmm. but but one that would get that pop, Robert. Yeah. At this point... With all of the releases, I'm going to be honest. If Cody's going to use the pedigree, it needs to be on Adam Cole or a debuting Johnny Gargano. One of my favorite spots in wrestling history live that I went to was, I think it was the week that Chris Hero re-signed with WWE. It's probably 2017. I think it was Royal Rumble weekend 2017. And he's facing Zack Sabre at Evolve. And he gets a pedigree. And the crowd just loathes him for it. They know he's leaving. They know he's going back to WWE. And Zack Sabre kicks out at one. Mm-hmm. What a great pop that was. That was fantastic. Cameron says, Alex versus <laughs> Jericho is the new Elmo versus Rocco. It's true. El- Elmo can't understand why nobody can see that Rocco is a rock. I can't see why anybody can't obviously see that Jericho's terrible. It's true. It's true. Oh, man. Amazing. James Barr says a bit of a letdown from Paige Danielson one, but I think this does an excellent job of building up hangman. Does hangman have a loss before he drops the belt? If so, who and why he shouldn't to me, the champion should lose the title when they lose the title. I didn't like Omega dropping that impact title before the AEW title either. Um, But no, I think the answer is no uh, at all. And, And let me tell you, he's out there doing jumping jacks 20 minutes in blood running down his face. You know what? I guarantee you he took his athletic greens. I guarantee you. It's true. He got out there and he said, you know what? Give me my athletic greens. He took it in the morning. He didn't have to worry about eating those multivitamins, possibly upsetting your stomach. Because one scoop of AG1, athletic greens one, has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole sourced food ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. Oh man, this stuff works so much better than your typical multivitamin, uh, because quite frankly, those don't absorb very well. When you drink something, it it works a lot better. You drink it first thing in the morning, you're good to go for the rest of the day. I've been looking to get energy in a lot safer ways than just energy drinks and all that that stuff. So uh, I tried AG1. Uh, I've mentioned in the past, Baron Black of Terminus of AEW, put it over on Twitter. Uh, I think he probably knows a little little bit about nutrition and performance. AG1 fills those nutritional gaps in your diet. They support energy, focus, uh, with, with gut health and digestion. That was the first thing I noticed about this. I took a multivitamin every day, and sometimes I'd switch. I'd get like the adult gummies or I'd get the, the regular tablets. My strength and conditioning coach was actually like, don't do that. Don't take a tablet. It doesn't absorb very well. It's It's not the easiest thing to digest. So I tried this, loved it, and I said, let's do some work together. And right now, you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. That's athleticgreens.com. 
com slash Fightful. They are our uh, top sponsor right now. They're locked in with us for all of 2022 to so support these guys and check them out on Twitter as well. Even if you don't try out the product, I cannot tell you how important it is. If you tweet those guys, if you DM them and you say, heard about your product through Fightful and I'll consider checking you guys out once in a while. Dude, Felice says, can you guys at least smile during the ads? You two should really smile more. It's true. Well, they haven't been getting their AG1. That's no, why. I, I have, though. Love that stuff. Brian Moore says, give me Team Taz versus Team Regal on the mic and in the cage. I think Team Regal could be a Team really... Be a lot of fun. Yeah. Scott Wesley says, today's tormented that NXT 2.0 is Vince trying to recreate the mid-2000s. He never made work. Braun Breaker is like all those genetic bodybuilders or generic bodybuilders. The hype makes no sense. I disagree with you, my friend. Braun Breaker is not Luther Reigns. You know what? If you want to compare him a little bit to Mark Jindrak in the athleticism department, sure. But he came from the WCW power plant, had a tag title run, and they misused that guy. Uh, they like, Braun Breaker has shown more charisma than a lot of those bodybuilders did in the mid-2000s. There are two good people on NXT 2.0, and it's Braun and Carmelo Hayes, and they're great. Braun can go up to the main roster right now. He can wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for all I care, and I buy it. And Braun I think, I think Carmelo's the next generation, or this generation, Shawn Michaels. I think he's that good. I think he's very, very special. I mean, if they play their cards right, Braun Breaker versus uh, Carmelo Hayes will main event at WrestleMania in the next five years. Sure. They, they 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 have it within them to do it. All they got to do is push the guys and do right by him on the main roster, but I don't expect them to do that. <laughs> Brandon Campbell said Daniel Garcia and 2.0 remind me of Ed, Ed and Eddie. That's <laughs> I always have a goofy plan that almost works out, but ends up failing. I love that reference. And Daniel Rothenberg says, I find it ironic on a night that Jericho was talking about 1999. It just seems he has passed his time. His jokes aren't funny, and some of them are weird. He's still good, but in AEW... When he started, he was a star, and now there are lots of them. And nobody can ever take away how important Jericho was to AEW, and still probably is, and probably will be for a while. But I think that his line should probably, honestly, he should probably grab a couple people like Caster and Bowens and be like, what do you think of these lines? Would they hit? Would they work? Because there's nothing wrong with like, being a little bit past your time and taking some advice from somebody who's maybe a little more in touch. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Branson Foley says in a perfect world, Sammy wins the title back. And then the post-match Cody finally turns heel and beats down Sammy. I don't know if that'd be the perfect world. Cause I've been on AEW for doing rematches over and over. And that would lead to another rematch, another one. Um, so, I mean, I think there's better ways to do it and more interesting ways to do it. But the beauty is there's a lot of people that want Sammy to regain this title and a lot of people that want Cody to just do something else. Yeah, but do they want Sammy to regain the title or are they just like, I don't want Cody with a belt? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if if Sammy gets it back, then they need to do something with him besides like having good matches, but that's it. Like, it feels like it doesn't feel, it felt like Miro had an overarching story as the champion. His character grew and changed. Sammy was just Sammy and he had some good matches along the line. They need to do something with Sammy. If he's going to be champion again. 
Uh, Zach Barber says, does Regal have to go back to Lord Steven or WWE? Uh, does WWE not own the William Regal name? I don't know. He used Steven Regal years, years before mm-hmm. and even before WCW. But I mean, they could just call him Lord Regal for the love of God. I'm like, fine with, you know, Lord Regal, Lord Steven. It's as long as he's around and making wrestling better. Matthew S says, my point was that the Lariat was on the Lariat was they spent so much time injuring his arm. The injuring the arm story with no payoff. Remember Shekhov's rifle. Yeah, but to me, that's part of the grittiness. Like he knows he's got his fastball. He's got to use his fastball to strike out Brian Danielson. And he's willing to sacrifice his arm to do it. Even when his arm's damaged, he still got it. And I, I like that that's still, that's still a thing. Shot Kid says, Alex, what about future WrestleMania main event? Vern Wagner. Night five. <laughs> night five main eventer, not, for sure. Night, night five, sure, yeah. Zach Schimmel says, this will be my last Super Chat for a while because I have to move across the country. I love this more than uh, more than the 60-minute draw. The crowd uh, was more behind Brian at the start and was more behind Paige at the end. A great face champion, fight forever. Well, we appreciate you coming by, Zach. We always love to see you. Check out his Twitch channel if you guys have time, by the way, guys. Uh, but I think they are categorically different matches, and that's that's a good thing. They yes. could be different matches. Jay Cargill is the new TBS champion. Oh man, I love that her daughter was out there in the crowd. That was and cool. Was that Brandon Phillips? Like I, people were saying like that was Brandon Phillips, and I I, you know, honestly, I don't pay attention to people's personal lives, so I don't know who has kids with who. But if that was. Brandon Phillips um, uh, out there. Hell yeah. Favorite red second baseman of all time. Everybody says, yeah, it was. Uh, Also, uh, the the goat at turning around and tagging people with his ass as they try to slide into second base. (laughs) One of the most entertaining baseball players of all time. Uh, And you know what? If you you want to be an entertainer, you could spend time with a lot worse people than Brandon Phillips because he was the most entertaining baseball player i have i've ever watched in cincinnati uh so that was cool but man jade uh somebody says what about joe morgan buddy he was <laughs> gone before i was alive jade cargill ruby soho uh, the match it wasn't for me there was to me there was a lot of looking like there was cooperating and this in the main event as well mm-hmm. it looked like a lot of waiting but to me it wasn't as much about the match it was jade cargill's moment we knew it was Jade Cargill's moment. Jade Cargill is is an undeniable future star, Robert, and a star right now, actually. Um, what did you think of the match and the moment? I think we all knew that Jade was going to win this title. Yeah, it seemed like a foregone conclusion from the minute that she said TBS stands for that bitch show. And it's fantastic that she got the moment. She's still undefeated. She's a star a legitimate star. Ruby is always going to be the Daniel Bryan, scrappy underdog, baby face. She'll get it one day, but tonight was not the night. And the match itself, it's like, it's the best Jade match I've seen, but, you know, that's not saying much. We got somebody saying, we're going to spend all our time dissecting, just dissecting Jade's in-ring work. I'm exhausted talking about it. My friend, it's a title match on a wrestling show. Yes, we're going to be talking about the end ring and dissecting it. That's that's kind of the point. That's that's sometimes the point. Uh, Chris Rain says the photo of her with her daughter melted my heart. 
oh, there's this great shot of her up on the stage up holding on the ramp, her daughter. Yeah. Alex, you're, you're a father. Absolutely. Man, that had to hit you in the feels. Oh, my God. Can you, like, I just imagine, like, like doing that, something like that. How, look how proud. They cut to her daughter right after she won, and her daughter was so proud and so happy for her mom. That was that was wonderful. The thing about, thing about the whole in-ring work debate or whatever, like, it's not like she's been doing this for five years, and is, this is where she's at. She's brand new at this. She's been doing it for less than a year, basically. Like the idea that like she's gonna be all world this early is probably not true. I see, I see great strides being made by her over the course of the time she's been wrestling. I have no reason to believe that she's hit her ceiling. She's no just gonna way. get better and better and better. And she has the kind of presence, the kind of star power, the kind of oh my god, who is that about her? That no matter how quote unquote bad you think she is in the ring, it's worth it to make her a star to get people to have eyes on your product so you can make other stars around her. Whoever takes that belt off of her is going to be made by exactly. doing so, considering how protected you've made you've you've had Jade Cargill be. And she won't I'll be hurt. That, she won't say. be hurt by it at all either, because Jade is. Uh, like NLC is saying, uh, Jade definitely needs to progress in the ring, but she's a star. I loved seeing her win. Fact Channel says she's the future and present of the company. I think she's the future of the company. I think there are definitely more refined people presently, but seeing is believing. And a lot of times, Robert, how you're presented is how you're perceived. And they present Jade Cargill incredibly well. Absolutely. I mean, you can look at it like, and I'm sure people will crucify me for this, but look at Goldberg. You know, Goldberg was... Pushed to the moon, comparison. presented like a star. Jade Cargill, I would argue, has more star presence than ninety percent of the men's roster. You know, like she looks like money. Looks and different, that, carries herself different, acts different. Uh, like the way that she poses is different. It's different and unique, and you need that in wrestling. Sometimes that's the benefit of maybe not coming from a wrestling background, but. You know, it doesn't always hit. With Jade Cargill, I think it's hitting, Robert. Yeah, and I think that's because there's a dedication there to be good at this and to be a star. And she's she's going to be great moving forward. And this is a completely different belt now from anything that exists in the company because it's on somebody who's not an in-ring worker like every other champion in the company. Uh, we have a super chat. Brandon Campbell says, I'm sorry. We know Jade is green, but at what point do we finally acknowledge Ruby Soho is not as good in the ring as everybody made her seem? What great matches has she had in AEW? Fellas, um, she's been there for three months. And also, at no point do I do that because I think Ruby Soho is fantastic. Hey, now, here's the thing. <laughs> Ruby Soho is, she's kind of helter-skelter in the ring. She's all over the place, but yeah. that's the style she wrestles. She's not Serena Deeb. She's not a mat technician. She goes in there all akimbo trying to make you root for her. And every time I go out there, I root for her. Like that's, that's what she is for me. I, I mean, she's not the same as, I don't think she's what you want her to be, Brandon Campbell, but she's still really great at the style of wrestling she does. And, and I mean, you can say what you want about AEW. They're not getting the kind of time maybe that they need, but yeah. I watched her have an amazing match with Alex Shelley last month. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Josh Alexander. Now you can sit there and say, those are two of the best workers in the world. And I'd say, yes, you're right. Uh, Kimberly, like five years ago, 
Um, Nicole Matthews, like five, five years ago, she went on a hot streak in like the spring of 2016 yeah. on the Indies and had an incredible, uh, incredible streak of work. Um, uh, Anakin says to quote Seahawk, did the end, did ending the show with a guaranteed new champion with a belt named after the network make too much sense? Now, Alex, I could understand where they would be like, okay, do we want Jade and Ruby to have to follow a vaulting Canadian destroyer. I can mm-hmm. understand that. But where do you land on what should have main evented this show? Well, if the Lucha Bros had retained, and regardless of what happened with Phoenix, I think that the problem the, the, the point was to have uh uh Jurassic Express go over. I think that having brand new tag champs and one of the most over acts in the history of AEW, like they've been building to Jurassic Express being the tag champs for a very long time. I feel like that can supersede um, the, the the TBS championship. Also for the reason you said, like if, if, if this spot fest tag match goes on in the middle of the show and then Ruby and, and Jade have to uh, feel pressure to, to deliver on top of that, it might, it might not have worked as well, but I, I, I get the point people are making about TB first TBS champion on the first night of TBS should probably main event the show. I get that point, but I agree with what the, what they ultimately chose to do. Uh, guys, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. We would greatly appreciate it. Remember, check out our sponsors at manscaped.com slash fightful and athleticgreens.com slash fightful. Michael Plowman says, the first time I saw Jade, even though her work is greener than the Hulk, I knew she'd be a star if AEW just builds her right. So far, so good. And we've got a bunch of super chats about her. So that speaks volumes. People care. Alicia says, can people erase the phrase green from the vocabulary? I'm sick of it. Ah, I mean, I hate that you're sick of it, but I mean, it's going to be a subject of conversation. Like, it's especially when you have on the other network a show on Tuesdays where it's just greeny, greeny, green, green, and yes. like that's just the way. That's why that's that's the term you use for somebody who's new at this. And yeah. usually, people who are very new at this aren't on television all the time. And and the reason you say green instead of dog shit is because. <laughs> Things that are green eventually ripen, yeah, exactly. and they're better, exactly. and they're 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 better to consume. Uh, so, I mean, it's not an insult to call somebody green because that implies that they're going to get better. Mark Losper says the Jade top rope spot was rough. Yes, it was. And uh, R twenty six says, I really hope Ruby unlearns the OMG was that three face. It's cartoonishly overdone. That is a criticism yeah. I have of her work. It is. It's cartoonishly overdone by anybody that does it. I think it should really be saved for unbelievable moments. Uh, now, granted, the riot kick, I can understand why she'd think that, but we've seen it so much. Like, I see it, like, off of, oh, like, snap DDTs and stuff, and unfortunately, that move has not been protected nearly yeah. as much. Rainsy says, I think Jade proved why she didn't deserve that title tonight. I don't like being negative, but I think this was a mistake, says Rainsy. Um, I mean, if you didn't like the end ring, I'm not going to argue with you over that. But I mean, I, I think it was overall it was hurt by the finish being really, really sloppy. Sure. Like I understood what they were trying to go for, but they did not nail it. Um, and if that had hit, I feel like people wouldn't have would be complaining about it because overall, I thought I thought the work was spotty at times, but like overall, it was solid. They were both selling. Like I thought it, it told a decent story, and then the finish unfortunately it had a high degree of difficulty and they didn't nail it. And that kind of makes everything throws everything in this kind of a stark contrast. And that's going to happen too. I don't want to like belabor the point with that. Right. Cause that's going to happen. And yeah. 
this was ultimately in a different way because she's a heel, but this is putting the IC title on the warrior. Sure. This is here is the belt on the person that is a star. Get they're next. They're they're in. We, we think this of them. That's what it is. Yeah. Riley says, I would like some of Jade's title defenses to be open challenges against Athena, Tony Storm, Maki Ito, Megan Bain, maybe even Deanna or Roxy. I think the, the smooth idea right now would be to put her in there with, with polished workers. Let her learn from them. That's what this period is for her. And um, those are the type of people you want around as well. R26 says, don't like that both champions or both women's champions are more charismatic than in-ring, in-ring prolific. Not saying they haven't got better, but that's not personally what I want from the division. Yeah, but saying that Britt Baker is more charismatic than she is good in the ring is still, I mean, like she got really polished in the ring over the last year. She was training with dudes for a long time, which is what she credited a lot of that for. Like she was having to keep up with the guys and her in ring, I think is good. Leaf Ninja 420 says TBS women's champion should have been the main event. Lucha brothers feel like transitional champions. Sad. I mean, not everybody's going to have like super long reigns. I'm okay with that. Like, I think that we went from the era of like when a lot of us grew up where title change, title change, title change to where every title reign felt like a failure if it wasn't eight to 12 months long. Right. But then in the middle of those title reigns, people are like, what next? What next? Right. Um, so. I, I think that they've, they've basically done like just Jericho to Moxley to Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was, was champion for that long. And they, in the first three years, first three champions took that long. I think you guys should have double the amount of the, those champions in the same amount of time because you sure. can switch it around in different ways, like a six-month title reign or a four-month title reign, if booked properly with a good story in it, can work. And I think that what I liked about the the, the Lucha, Lucha Bros and the Jurassic Express thing is they brought up that match they had on the 27th of August. There was a fantastic TV a tag match where, where, where the Lucha bros went over. And so they actually have history between these two teams. I thought it worked to have to not only just lose it, but to lose it to these guys specifically, I thought worked. And I, I want to go back to the idea of look, not everything needs to be 500 days, 600 days. Yeah. Cause yes, it helps when you have Roman carrying a belt for 500 days. But meanwhile, what is he actually doing with the belt? Not a lot's happening. Sometimes if they're quicker reigns, more can happen. Yeah. Eloquent says, yikes, hearing Jake Atlas got hurt too. Uh, the word from AEW is that he's scheduled for an MRI. So yeah. uh, hope he's okay. Rob Reed says, Jade in the TBS title is like Goldberg in the US title. I think that's a very good comparison. Brent says, seemingly we get Rosa Martinez out of this. Well, not even out of this, out of last week. But yes, they, they did a Thunder Rosa Mercedes mm-hmm. Martinez thing which I'm completely in That's favor for. Great. Mark Losper says Jade being, being dressed as a Marvel hero is appropriate because like Thanos, she was inevitable. Awesome gear though. Also pardon my French, but Jade Cargill looks like a fucking superhero. She really does. She really, really does. Yeah. Like <laughs> she's got the charisma too. I would not be surprised if somebody came calling to put her in some kind of thing, like as like yeah. a, a, a bond villains henchwoman or something like she'd yeah. be amazing. She'd be a great like mayday. That. You know, yeah, something like that. Man, like I, I could see her following like the Batista path. Like pe- people did not look at Batista and say, "Best actor in wrestling." <laughs> look at him now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Despair, shiny Rapidash says Jade could be AEW's China. I feel she could even battle for the TNT Championship within a year or two. I think what they have plans for. I mean, obviously, you you can't 
plan crossover appeal like China had, but I think they've got much different plans than what, what China was there. Mm-hmm. Ken Shearer says, there's people trying to do some historical revisionism by trying to pretend wrestling isn't full of megastars who couldn't work. Jade will get better. Yes, she will. We've already seen her get better. So there's yeah. nothing to to lead me to believe that won't continue. Yeah. Mark also says, Jade is great for her amount of time and her look is unbelievable, but if her reign is going to be all squashes and smoke and mirrors, it's going to generate a lot of go-away heat. Possibly. Um, I, I, You know, it's... It's a wait and see type of thing, and there, AEW has been pretty good at adjusting. Alex, we'll we'll see what what um what the what they do with the TBS title. Like if it's more and more like a TNT title, where there are open challenges, are there going to be rankings or whatever for it? Um, but it's it's, it's she's going to have title defenses now. She's not going to go out there and and squash jobbers on dark. I don't think so. She's going to have to actually wrestle matches. Now, are they going to be fifteen minute technical wizardry? No. Are they going to be eight minute sprints where she ends up hitting her finish and posing? Yes. But it could be a lot of fun during those eight minutes. Mark Losper, who sent a ton of Humber chats today, thank you so much. Says uh, on Robert's point, loads of people have turned on Roman's reign because it's long, boring, and nothing is happening. Right. I've I've kind of enjoyed it, but you know, I would look at Triple H Reign of Terror and say that's that's one I remember. I would look at Jeff Jarrett as NWA champion and say, there you go. There's yeah. one. You know, but like I look at on the flip side, there's a guy like The Rock who went from IC champion to three-time WWF champion from SummerSlam to WrestleMania 98-99. And it's like, yeah, they don't all need to be these long reigns. I think getting back to a little bit, not overdone like it was, but a little bit of the hot potato with the title belts could be good for the industry. We have a ton of super chats. Let's get through them. R26 says short title reigns could be great. If a lot happens in the ring, Japan puts more focus on defense count than length. And I wish Western promotions would go that route. Me too, or at least factor it in a lot more. Yeah. James Boris says Jade has something special. You make allowances for this kind of talent. She's athletic, strong, and has in-ring charisma. I'd love to see her versus Athena at some point. Uh, me too, because yeah. Athena is the type of person you want. You want a ring general. You want somebody who can carry other people or teach her some things in yeah. the ring. Cadillac Carson says, just remembered the Steven Regal's Man's Man song. <laughs> and Cowboy Flint says, in February 2020, I went to a New Japan show in Atlanta while waiting in line outside the venue. We spotted a random William Regal who showed up presumably to say hi to some old friends. Uh, he was probably their scouting buddy. He was probably there working. That's what he was probably there for. Yeah. Milan Neely says, do you think that when Bailey returns, she should take the championship off Charlotte? Huge fan of you guys. Well, I'll say this. I think if Bailey returns at the Rumble, she should win the Rumble. Um, I think they owe her for not having her on WrestleMania. I think they owe her for screwing her out of a lot of special moments. Yep. And to me, if you can do, if you can do the four horsemen four way as a yep. main event of WrestleMania, you do it while you can. Yeah. Yep. You didn't with the shield triple threat and you'll always regret it. Brian Medina says triple threat at battle of the belts, hook versus Sammy versus Cody hook wins <laughs> and have a battle with Sammy. Nah, I wish. Yeah. Mark Losper says Sammy wins. Cody goes on a tear abusing his EVP physician for 90 days. Then he finally declares he's going to undo his stipulation. I, I mean, I know Cody says I'll never do that, but my hope is, that's a part of it. Yeah. My hope is it's a part of it because it's the easiest piece of shit heel thing to do, Alex. Yeah, my my hope is that he figures out a way to like get 
Page, for example, to challenge him to the match and says, Cody, I want you to 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 get rid of that stipulation says you can't challenge the belt because I want you in the ring. And Cody's like, well, if you insist, and then Cody reneges on that th- on stipulation, gets in the ring, and that's where he has his heel turn. To beat Adam Page would be the biggest, the biggest impact of it. To like on our favorite guy, the guy the company made, he's like, not only did I, did I make this company, this company made you, I made you. I get to do whatever I want. I mean, there's a things there's things to do there with Cody. Mark Losper says, at which point a dignified my or dignified violin music hits and a regal Englishman walks in to stop him <laughs> before doing that. I saved that. He see, he was yelling at me. Read the end of the Humper Chat, Sean. What I wanted was Alex's theory and then to read what his suggestion was. I like it. I like it. Sensei Tiswald says, take my money, go fightful. You all are the best. Well, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate that. <clears throat> Dr. Six Fingers Esquire says, AEW's been escaped for a lot of us black wrestling fans, especially during the pandemic and continued police shootings. They started this new year with a clear message. Soul in the black community she represents is expendable. As long as we get a Moxie return or Brody King debut or Dan Housen signing, but at least they're better than WWE. He says, so should we all shut the fuck up and smile? Black voices in wrestling don't seem to be don't seem to matter unless... Uh, used to praise paltry diversity efforts. Well, I'm hoping that changes, and I'm hoping that changes in your mind too. And you sending chats like that are a part of that changing, I think. And uh, supporting shows like Grapsity and supporting supporting people that that are in this space, supporting people like Robert that 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 speak from from a point of experience as well. That is all a part of it. So uh, we we encourage you guys to do that as well. We had the Ruby interview after the match. Uh, we're getting Ruby and Riho against Brent and Hader on Rampage uh, after this brawl breaks out. Uh, Tom Lavalley says Jade is or actually he's saying uh, that's that one's not associated with that. So we'll read that later. But we're getting this match. I'm all right with it. But like I've seen Brit and Ruby enough. I, I, I was ready to move on past that. Britt is the is like she goes out and helps. She's such a good friend to the entire locker room. She'll help anybody out in tag matches against whoever they're feuding with. She doesn't mind. She's a good friend. Ruby Soho is. Um, uh, good for Ruby doing double duty on on the taping tonight. Like she had that match with Jade, and it was like, yeah, sure, I'll have a tag match too, where I'll probably get chucked around by Jamie Hader a bunch. Yeah, sure, let's go. Like Ruby's just great. I love her. Jade said, or uh, Tom says, Jade's getting better every match. Period. Uh, by the way, Mark Losper doing the Lord's work to get Kalex for t- to two and a half hours. That's why he's doing it. Yep. I forgot. Yep. Mark Losper asked, he said, if he's at the top of the donation board this month, that I would let Alex and, and, and Kate go, what was it? Two and a half for a two month. And a half. Yeah. I don't know if it's in general or for a month, but I got to sleep at some point, Mark. <laughs> I do the audio for those podcasts. I think like, if you give us an extra five, we'll, we'll make it, but. I think it's amazing that people want a Monday Night Raw length show of just Alex and Kate. That is amazing. Oh my I, God, I, I don't, I, I don't know what. Well, we're gonna go a little over time tonight. <laughs> um, Def Drago says, "What's going on with Battle of the Belts? Only two championship matches announced, and it's this Saturday, correct? Um, any idea what's happening? It's an hour long. We've said it uh, a bunch. It's an hour long." Malachi Black beats Brian Pillman. Brian hits a, hit a nice. Um, sorry, cannonball drop kick during this match. Robert, what'd you think about it? A great 
Malachi Black is great. He gets it. He knows exactly what he's doing. I think there are some people who are probably a little salty that they didn't get any debut of any kind, of but that's all right because they're making you wait, playing the and, long game. I mean, I'm like, if you got two title changes in a world title match, space it out, man. Give me the return another week. I'm okay with it. Jambeard says, Julia is now Snake Pliskin, escape city name. <laughs> I I did but, love her like being very subdued outside the ring, kind of like like she had a headache or something. Like like the mist is working its way through the optical nerve. Um, I don't know how much lore is going into any of this anything anymore, but I I did love her with the eye patch. That was a cool cool spot. I I thought old old Brian Pillman got a little too much offense in for my liking. Sure, I I, I always like when when because Mal- the Malachi Griff match I thought was the perfect amount of 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 hope spots for Griff to try and get in. I thought this was like almost twice as long, if not longer. Um, but, but I do love, I do love the black, that, that black mass, whatever they call it now. That thing is, it's always cool to look at. There were, there are, there have now been too many lights out, lights up teases of stuff for, for me. Like if you're going to debut somebody, debut them already. Cause, cause every time you do it, it's like the boy who cried blackout. And I don't, I, it's, I, I don't like it anymore. Dylan says, would love to see Julia Hart remove the eye patch to reveal a white contact and eye makeup similar to Malachi. I believe it's coming. Yeah. And Riga says, with Julia Hart's zipped up varsity jacket and eye patch, I was really expecting a heel turn betrayal with crazy black get up under the jacket and freaky contact lens. The lights go out to swap space. This spot was kind of goofy since they had to pass in the dark. So I, I actually enjoyed the spot, but it was... It was a tease. Like all these lights out spots are yeah. teases yes. for this, uh, for the Brody King thing. And they were chanting for Brody, yeah. Brody King. So fans are ready. Jay Blood says breaking steps isn't what fans hate. Steps not meaning anything is the issue. Cody breaking this one would mean so much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, sure. Yeah. And Sawyer says instead of yelling blood and guts once a year, William Regal should sporadically walk out and shout, send hook. Before that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, we got another title change. Jurassic Express has won the the tag team titles. This so I'll go over the the criticisms of the match before the benefits of it or, or the the parts I liked. A lot of waiting around, a lot of cooperation, like a lot of Pentagons waiting to pile drive on the the apron so Ray Phoenix can jump over him. Yeah. Why? Why too, am I watching? Too much, man. Too much for me. I was sitting here watching it, and I'm just like, does it look like they're moving in slow motion? Like, they're just waiting around. I would rather watch a million Ruby and Jade where it's sloppy, but it looks like they're trying to get to the point than this, where they can get to the point, but they're trying to do it and look flashy. This was not my style of match. Reminder, guys, leave us a thumbs up, a like spike, as this person says. Yeah, Alex, like this is not going to be anywhere near my my match of the year thing, but no, but the vaulting Canadian destroyer was one of the most breathtaking spots I've ever seen. Um, this is the thing man. with with um with these two teams with Jurassic Express and Lucha Bros. Um, not a, I mean in a match against each other of uh, even more. The whole match might be like if you watch the whole thing. All the way through, there'd be times like, well, he was waiting for that spot, 
or that was a little sloppy, or that guy had to wait for the tag or whatever. But if you just broke it down into the highlights, if you just saw this thing and this thing and this thing, you'd swear it was the most exciting tag match you'd ever saw in your life. And that's that's a problem because you want to be able to connect those things. But if you just look at the highlights, those those spots are all amazing, including, unfortunately, a spot looks like it may have put out Ray Phoenix for a very long time, which was very scary. We, we will get to that in a moment. Alicia says, who do you all have up next for Jurassic Express? Um, well, let's, Al, or Robert, didn't you do the rankings today? I did, yeah. Who is, who are in the rankings? So quite frankly, is, quite frankly, I don't read that shit. The acclaimed is right, or were right below Jurassic Express. FTR is up there. Santana and Ortiz are up there, and they need to get it. But they they were making some other teases to like every other team on the roster, plus you know two guys who aren't even in teams. The the uh, the whole well not the whole tag team division. Some of the tag team division was out there on the ramp watching Jurassic Express win. Rob Reed says I popped at Matt Lee dancing to Tarzan Boy as Dynamite was going off the air. How can you not? How right. can you not? Right. I I do wonder if if that whole impromptu all the tag teams go out on the ramp. And then let's pan up to, to Malachi and Jericho and Santana Ortiz in the crowd. If that wasn't because they had to go home early because of the injury to Phoenix and they had to fill time at the end of the night, it, it did feel kind of impromptu. You had guys out there like drinking coffee on the, on the, on the, on the stage. Yes. So it, it felt kind of like maybe this was something they, 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 they improved. But also, I mean, I feel like a lot of these people would have been gone by then. Well, I mean, maybe not because they got rampage tapings afterwards. Yeah. So, so maybe not. Uh, Matthew Mason, go ahead. I think it was planned. I think it was maybe a little early, but I do think it was planned. I think they showed Jericho because I'm still betting money on Christian and Jericho are getting one more run as a tag team and they're getting the tag team titles. Matthew Mason says, do AEW overuse the lights out spot? Yes, I think they do. Um, I think it's a tease though. This is, I think it's a tease for Brody King coming out. But in general, I think they're, they, they do overdo it. Chris Rain says, I thought we were going to get Brody King during or after the Lucha Brothers match. So Lucha Brothers came out after the Malachi thing. The lights went out. They switched spots. Lucha Brothers confusingly still had their full entrance. Very weird. Yeah. They were already in the ring. But um, <clears throat> there you go. Uh, Carlos Easy says, excited for Jungle Boy. Also, that means MJF is the only pillar to not have had a title run yet. Hoping Phoenix has a speedy recovery. And one of the things MJF can say is, I'm the only pillar to have this dynamite diamond ring, and I've had it three times as well. So what does that tell you? Right. So before we get to the injury, uh, I'll get to the remaining super chat. 69 names Deegan said, totally cried at Jade's win. We wanted the thing, and they gave it to us. So happy. She's a superstar and deserves the world. Hope Phoenix makes a speedy and safe recovery. What was with the random blackouts? I just think it's a, a Brody King tease. Mm-hmm. I just think that's it. Um, uh, Tom LaValle says, all the pillars are one about except MJF. I count on that coming into play soon. Black and Gold says, the post-match angle was a cool way to set up future feuds, but what was all the cuts of single stars like Jericho and Black in the press boxes? Black is going to have Brody King. Black and Brody King will definitely be a tag team. And and I'm still going to Jericho and Christian. Jericho and Christian would be very, very interesting. And Mark Losper says, I wanted this match to be one minute with Malachi kicking Pillman's head off. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, we did get an injury on this show. It was... Gross. It looked Gross. immediately like a dislocated elbow. 
Uh, Brian Alvarez is saying a, a broken arm. I haven't heard that yet, but Mark Losper mentioned that. Ray Phoenix gets choke slammed off the apron through a table by Luchasaurus. And uh, Daniel Rothenberg says that was awesome. It was. It was an amazing spot. But unfortunately, and we're not going to show it to you here, Ray Phoenix's arm just bent the wrong way. It was gross. I saw a ringside photo of it. Yikes, man. Um, Alex, we got ShotKid29 says, talk about starting the year hot. What a show in that opener. Hope Phoenix is okay and it's not serious. Uh, Rob Reed says, the Phoenix injury was disgusting, but a good debut for the TBS era. Um, how are you feeling like after this? I mean, it always is a damper on the mood when that happens, but that's, that's a sucky thing to go off the air with. Especially Ray Phoenix, man. Yeah. I've been such a fan of that guy for like six, seven years now. When I was covering Lucha Underground for, for, for Fightful back in the early days, like I was such a huge Ray Phoenix fan and, and, and to see him come this far and he has hit, he was injured last year, I think for a bit or maybe the year before. And this, this is one of those ones that's really hard, but like that guy, I mean, it's kind of funny. He flings himself through the air all the time in much more dangerous spots than this. But, uh, but a weird table break is, is what does it to him. Um, and it did put a damper on it. I was wondering, oh, my God, were Lucha Bros supposed to win and, and they have to do something else? But it did feel like it was Jurassic Express's night. Um, and, and it was interesting, too, because that having all the teams come out and be like, hey, new champs. Well, that's interesting. Uh, maybe maybe we should get a title shot kind of a thing. Yeah. I thought that was that was a pretty cool thing, actually. There are a ton of super chats about this. A lot of well wishes. New Punk Rant says he loves Dynamite. Sucks about Phoenix, but excited for Jurassic Express's run. Jade looked good. Punk lobbed nukes. Can't wait for Friday. J.K. Schwal says audible from a Brody King debut because of Phoenix's arm. I don't think they're going to audible that. I think when no. he's got to come out, he's going to come out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Chuck Cassis says the light spot in the main event came out of nowhere, and I don't know if it'll pay off Friday or Saturday. What do you all think? I don't know about Friday or Saturday, but they've been doing it. They're they're, they're conditioning you to be like, okay, nothing's going to happen now, and then when it does, it does. Well, especially because they conditioned a Malachi Black, Malachi Black escape from the ring. Yeah. So if Pentagon and, let's say, a returning Pac want to try and beat down Malachi and the lights go out, you might think, well, Malachi's just going to escape to the, to the ramp again. But this time, Brody King does show up, and then we get our two-on-two feud. Brent Lockman says, Happy New Year, gentlemen. I hope Phoenix is okay. Eloquent says the same thing. Look nasty. Hope AEW picks up Regal. Shocked he got let go. You are with us, buddy. We, yeah. we do, we're shocked. Uh, Jarlazul says, I don't understand how his arm snapped like that. I was screaming so loud, my wife ran into the room. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to watch back that footage. I just think it caught the, uh, the edge of the table and it mm. kind of went, went in live when he started pointing to his arm. I was like, Oh no, I hope it's not serious. Yeah. They showed the replay. I want to think, Oh no, it looked so gross. I couldn't watch yeah. it again. Steven says not a doctor looked like a full hyperextension of the elbow, not a break, still awful. Yeah. But I mean, if you, if you completely hyperextend it to that point, it can just, yeah. And uh, Matthias said he, it seemed like uh, he had a severe elbow dislocation. That's what I thought as well. That is that that's the what I instinctively thought and saw because usually if an arm goes that opposite way, it'll it'll do that. And Brent Lockman says old enough to have watched it live, and all I can think of is Sid's leg. Well, we're very fortunate that it's not Phoenix's leg because that could have been I don't want to say career threatening for Much him worse. because. Yeah. yeah, especially considering his style. Vape It Up says to think in kayfabe Phoenix didn't even want the table involved. That was horrible, and I can't believe oh, it was so on true, replay. It was Abrahantes who pulled it out. Like, ooh, yeah. And I, I would love for them to play that into a story later on down the road, and I bet Phoenix is smart enough to do that as well. Yeah. Nick says, any thoughts on whether the tag match was the result of an audible uh, after the injury, or was it always planned? Anyways, best wishes to Ray and his recovery. Nick, thank you so much. That was a very generous super chat. Um, I think it was always planned. I think that what happened eventually was supposed to happen. Um, so I, I just think it was planned, but I'm going to find out. This is my opinion, uh, but I, I think that was the plan. Yeah, I'd imagine because it's main eventing a show like this, they must have known we're switching the titles and Jungle Boy. One of the pillars is getting the, Look at the pen. Yeah. Joey Bag of Donuts says, do you think they changed the plans? I do not. <laughs> uh, Cameron Christie says, who is Hangman's next opponents? Jurassic Express, AEW champs. Feel bad for Phoenix, but there was a teaser of Brody. I loved it all. Um, I Like I said, I think I think it'll go towards Wardlow. I do. Not um, for nothing, Adam Cole's number one on those rankings now. And uh, that's a pay-per-view match, but I can't wait for it to happen. Rory says, Phoenix is legit done for the year. Had to turn away during the second replay of it. I'd be shocked if... A dislocated elbow or a broken arm kept him out for a full year. That, that's not usually the timetable yeah. for something like that. I'd be shocked if it took put him out that long. Mark Losper says it's weird to have a bunch of teams coming out. 
They just finished the TBS tournament. Maybe this is a tag tournament tease. Um, I think possibly. Could be. Option is the time where they do the tag team. What do you call that? The Casino Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you're you're right. Peter says, as someone who's done that with his arm, it could be a simple dislocation with soft tissue damage or an awful break. No middle. Hope he's good. Um, and yeah, it's it's wild to see his arm going like that and going like it could have been worse. But uh, we don't know yet. We we don't know. Oh man, Stu Plexer says, "Great show overnight." I really feel for Phoenix. That's such a bummer way to end their title reign, especially since it looked like they were building the Lucha Brothers and Kings of the Black Throne fighting for the custody of Pack. We haven't even seen Pack in a while, too. So I mean, there's a chance like he just slides right back in. Yep. And and joins this because they've had that audible to call. They've yep. had like so many times because Pentagon or Phoenix or or Pack have missed. They've been like Eddie Kingston, Penta. Phoenix, mm-hmm. Pack, like they've had that. We're heading down the home stretch. We've only got a few left, so if you want to get in your Super Chats or Humper Chats, please do that. Also, support our sponsors, manscaped.com slash Fightful, athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Peter Mullen says, do you know if the Lights Out spots were supposed to lead to a debut? Uh, and did, did the Phoenix arm change in the show? I think in the future, guys, we'll obviously group these together based on subject. That way we can kind of streamline these. That way... Uh, if there are repeated questions, we'll kind of address those one by one. But you've got our, our thoughts on that. But he says, hoping it's a simple arm reset and not something like an avulsion fracture. Uh, Nerd Guru says, was at the show. Paige Bryan was electric. Thanks, Regal. Um, yeah, a big thank you to William Regal for all the stuff he's yeah. helped He's helped push forward. All, all these guys, all your favorites who came through during the time we all loved NXT, they were all over Twitter this afternoon saying, I would not be who I am without William Regal. Like, he's beloved, and rightly so. And as we wrap up, Brian Medina says, I like to see uh, the blackout with FTR in the ring. The next thing you see is Briscoe's. <laughs> I just, I don't, I want them to lean out of the lights off, lights on thing for a while. Yeah. Once, for, once, yeah. Bro, if, if they're building to a Brody King reveal, I think that's the last time they should do that for like six months. Yeah, because, I mean, they did it for Dark Order when they showed up, and I was like, eh, really? Guys, thank you all so much. Uh, We have so much content on Fightful this past week. Day one, Raw, NXT New Year's Evil, AEW Tonight, Wrestle Kingdom, um, Friday SmackDown and AEW, Battle of the Belt Saturday, Impact Hard to Kill. That's even before we get into the interviews. Steve Macklin, Braun Breaker, Chelsea Green, Gail Kim, Tons of stuff here at Fightful. Uh, please support those shows. And most importantly, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, we offer you guys the most uh, affordable, exclusive news service in wrestling. Quite frankly, we're breaking, I, I would say, well over half the wrestling news out there uh, that, that is behind the scenes news. And that's before we even get into the podcast. Alex can tell you a little bit more about those. Yes. Uh, every uh, Monday night and probably soon to be Friday night. I will be doing um, the the Monday night Raw and Friday night SmackDown Sour Grabs reviews on Fightful Select where uh, I let all of my frustrations out about how dirty they did Big E and how they have no plans to actually build new stars and we're heading into Mania season and there's no real no real uh, promotions, uh, programs that they've built for any of that. And then on Tuesdays, it's me and uh, Kate Hensler going for soon to be two and a half hours, 
uh, <laughs> talking about a terrible, weird developmental show where all of you decide to 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 super chat the hell out of us and and tell us how great we are. We don't even know why. Robert, you know, you first got? of all, I gotta say, I watched New Year's Evil yesterday, and I I don't understand how you do it, Alex. I don't know how you're gonna do it for two and a half hours because I said to Sean, I hate this. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I love you, I'm like, I hate this. This is awful. But you can follow me everywhere on social media at Dude Felice and check out everything I've got going on every day at Fightful.com and follow me to see where else I'm talking into this microphone. Mark Losper says Alex should sign off doing the Regal promo versus Triple H. I'll, I'll look at that at some point between now and next Tuesday. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.